I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 20, the San Antonio Spurs, and just saying that name makes me think of greatness, honestly. Um, And the man who's going to try to convince me to join that greatness is Joe Ruiz. He's weekend editor at NPR, uh, soon to be senior weekend editor at CNN Politics. And he makes a really, really good argument. Um, I'm going to get you right to it. Here we go. Spurs. So, you know, I remember when my mom and I first moved to town, moved to San Antonio, that there was a, an ad in the paper. Oh, come meet Avery Johnson and Dwayne Shinsis, of all people. At I don't even know who that is. Yeah, uh, he used to uh, be a big, uh, big center from Florida with a big blonde mullet. Uh, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago, but oh. he played for the Spurs for about a year or two. But I was really just excited to meet a Spurs player. And I go and I sit with Avery Johnson and, you know, I'm like, can I take a photo with you? And he's he was the nicest player ever, nicest person ever. And, you know, we actually got to talking just about life. And, and he was just very nice. And we shared stories about coming up. You know, he was very nice to my mom. And then I remember about a year or two later, I was at Spurs basketball camp uh, during the summer. And one day that Avery had come out, you know, we just talked for a little bit. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, I remember you this and this and that. And so after the practice is over, my mom had uh, car trouble and couldn't actually get out there to pick me up. And Avery saw me sitting on the side of the road. And I remember him stopping and asking, like, you know, do you need a ride home? Can I can I help you out? And this was in the time before cell phones. So. So I, I remember sitting there and he waited with me for a couple of minutes until my mom was able to show up. And he was like, you know, can, can I give you a ride home? You know, is there anything you need? Is there is what can we do? And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I, I really don't want to leave because my mom's going to freak out if I if I go <laughs> get in a stranger's car, even though it's, you know, Avery Johnson, <laughs> a, a star Spurs player. Well, not a star Spurs player, but a Spurs player. And uh, so I've just always had love for Avery Johnson and watching him play. And, you know, he was never the greatest player on the court. Never. But he was enough of a floor general that he commanded respect in the locker room. And and it was just something that always appealed to me. Hmm. So you got to watch you got to watch that Spurs team grow into a team that uh, became a championship team and and won when you know over the past few years have won several championships um, and you know I've been asking everyone who like is a fan of like these winning teams like what is it like to root for a winning team? So you know. W- Coming up in the very beginning, you know, a winning team, a winning season for the Spurs was winning the Midwest Division championships. And I remember going to buy those Midwest Division champion T-shirts every year. Oh, it's oh Midwest Division champions. But then the Spurs would inevitably fall in the second round and just couldn't get over that hump, couldn't get over that hump, couldn't get over that hump until 99, the strike season when uh, or the lockout season, excuse me, when uh, the Spurs came back and, you know, one, I believe it was a 50-game season, and just had this massive run. And I can tell you that the day of the Memorial Day miracle, when Sean Elliott hit a three-pointer straddling the, the, uh, the sideline on his tiptoes, I was working at a, at a theme park named Fiesta, Texas, in the recording studio of all places. And so I remember patching in the game audio from, from radio into the speakers. And just having this massive crowd stand around my store, listening to the game against the the Blazers. And when Sean Elliott hit that shot, I just remember going crazy and thinking to myself, this might actually be our year. And so a few games later, when the Spurs were ready to, 
uh, eliminate the Blazers, and this was the Western Conference Finals. I remember at halftime of the of the deciding game, I decided to drive to the Alamo Dome and stand outside for tickets because finals tickets were going to go on sale the next morning. I get there, and I was actually a little disappointed because I was maybe 90th in line. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm 90th in line, this and this and that. By the time the sun came up the next morning, the line had wrapped around the dome twice. And so I got to take my mom to game one of the NBA finals, the first NBA finals team in town, game wow. in town, and just enjoying that, watching watching them beat the Knicks that day. And so to come up as a fan of a winning team, you get a little complacent because you then begin to expect it. And I think where that's going to be a challenge for you when you come to join the Spurs is the Spurs, for years, all the pundits have said they're done. And constantly they're wrong. The Spurs are competitive every single season. And what that's going to mean to you is not only do you get a team with a heritage, but you get a team that's still trying to get over that hump one more time, two more times, with a completely turned over, almost turned over roster. And that's where we're going to come into effect this year. You get to see LaMarcus Aldridge try to come back from a bad season. You get to see the resurgence of Rudy Gay. You get to see Kawhi Leonard owning both sides of the floor. You get to see the last maybe the last hurrah of two Hall of Famers in Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And you also get to see the come up of the young kids. You get to see DeJounte Murray get a lot of time at the point guard this year. And that's going to be a fun team to watch, not just this year, because look, you're looking for a team that's going to be your team, right? You're, you're not saying, I'm going to jump to every team. This isn't a decision to part two, part three coming down the line. You want a team that's going to play and be competitive now. You want a team that's going to be competitive into the future. And I think that's what you're going to get when you come to the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, look, the Spurs are definitely a front runner. They're like, they, I mean, they've just been consistently good for a really long time. They have great management. They have great, uh, you know, uh, you know, a legendary coach. Um, and like you said, they're consistently good and they're always, they just, and they, and they play the right way, you know, uh, quote unquote, the right way. Right. So, my thing would be like, why the Spurs and not, you know, the Warriors? Okay, you know what? I've got a basketball way for you, and I've got a non-basketball okay. way for you. Hit me, to think hit me with this. both. Really quick, the basketball way to think about it is you still get great. You still get great basketball. Don't get me wrong. The Warriors are fun to watch. They are a league pass alert team for me. I love to watch the Warriors play basketball because it's fun basketball. The non-basketball thing. You live on the East Coast. You live in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. You're going to be a league pass guy. How are you going to feel starting your game watching of the Warriors or the Lakers or the Clippers at 1030 at night? Come on. Yeah, it's tough. The Spurs are in the central time zone. Wait, they're you in the start central those time games zone? At 8, 830. Central time zone. Oh, ooh, that's a big, that's a huge thing. That's a big thing. Think about that. You get to watch great basketball, and not just great basketball, because for now, for all these years that you've been with the Knicks, you've gotten 30 games a season with the Western Conference teams. Now you're going to get 50 to 52 games. You're going to see some of the best basketball out there, competitive basketball in the Western Conference. Because look, you could make, make a great choice with the Spurs. You could also make a great choice with other teams in the West. But you're going to get a great round of Western basketball all season. And you can still go out at night when you're, when you're done with the game and go celebrate a little bit. That's a huge point to think about. I know that I can watch, watch an 8 or 8.30 tip for the Spurs and still have something to do at night when the game's over. Right, right. Oh, man. Oh, that's so, that's big, actually. That's really big for me. Because I go to sleep at like 10.30 anyway. 
Um, so see, there you go. By the time the game's over, it's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go to bed happy. My team won. What's there? What's there to to hate about that? So here's here's where I'm at. Okay, so you know the Spurs team. You know, okay, so I don't know what it is, but the feeling that I have with the Spurs is like they're like they're like um, putting your money in like a you know a, uh, in like a Roth IRA, right? Like they're they're de- <laughs> they're dependable. Right. It's going to they're going to you're going to make sure, you know, they're going to make sure that, you know, you're going to be secure. And, you know, it's not sexy, not sexy, but, you know, it's safe ish. Right. Safe ish. Um, So but like it's still I'm still lacking that whole like like sexiness, like 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 what's going to take me over the top and be like, okay yeah, I'll I'll put like I won't spend my money on, you know, uh, this uh, shit, I'm, I'm, this metaphor is losing steam. But uh, so, like, yeah. So, what's gonna push me over the top to like make sure I put my money in the right place? Be, be a Spurs fan. So you already know you're gonna have a winner. You already know you're gonna have a 50 win team each season, and it's gonna be this way for a while. The Spurs, Spurs have some. How do we know this? How do we know this? The, Kawhi Leonard, one of the best players in the NBA. You've got Dejounte Murray, who I think is going to be a star of the future. And you've got LaMarcus Aldridge, you've got Rudy Gay, who's going to come back this year. You've got a set team that's going to transition out of the last bit of the triplets with, with Manu and Tony eventually leaving. This could probably be their last year. I, I hope it's not because I love Manu, I love Tony, but you know, father time ages everybody. Yeah, they've been in the league forever. Um, and Manu was like 30 when he, when he came in anyway. Right. Manu has, I, I have, the only thing that I have on Manu is I have more hair than Manu, but otherwise <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of the best players to, to ever come through San Antonio. And that's something to be said. Yeah. But here's, here's what you're going to get. Because with Spurs fans, like I said, Spurs fans can get a, a bit complacent, but Spurs fans are very passionate. What you're going to see, like I said, that's the only game in town. We have a saying that goes in Spurs fandom, spam, Spurs peak after March. We know that the early part of the season is just to work everything out to make sure everybody gets the system that Pop wants to play, because Pop has changed up systems many times throughout the years. He adjusts the system for the players that he has, mm. and it still is a, is a success. And that's where you're going to say it. You're, you, you don't have to worry about this constant retooling and maybe just have a bad season unless you're getting struck by the injury bug. But what you're going to notice, and this is where it comes in, this is where the fandom picks up a little bit more. Once the Spurs get into the playoffs... I'm telling you, you're going to go to San Antonio, and after the Spurs win a game, either at home or on the road, you're going to get free coffee and breakfast tacos every single Spurs morning. (laughs) And you can get that in the stadium. So that's a little bit there. Not only that, as the Spurs progress in the NBA playoffs, everybody starts to get a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited, a little bit more excited to eventually, and especially like last year when we were playing the Rockets, you know, one of our big rivals, you start going to honk downtown. And what I mean by that is literally San Antonians get in their car, many of them tricked out with Spurs paint and Spurs colors all over and flags all over, and literally drive around San Antonio's downtown honking and celebrating. Really? It is a unique situation to be in. I've been in it before. I've run around the stopped highways with signs and jerseys. I remember doing that in 2005 when the Spurs knocked off the Pistons to to go get stuck in traffic downtown and just run and celebrate with everybody. Everybody is so happy because it's the only game in town. The Spurs bring together so many different communities. 
white, Hispanic, black, everybody. The Spurs are that team in San Antonio and everybody buys into it. And so every single year you're going to get this as a Spurs fan. You would think after five championships that Spurs fans would not do this. That they'd say, oh, you know what, we're tired already, you know, too many championships, whatever. The Spurs still, Spurs fans still do Too this. many championships? Remember, what do you mean? We're tired what? of this too well, no, many no, no. championships. <laughs> right. No, no, I totally understand. But, but you would think there'd be some complacency after a while, and there just isn't. Because the Spurs and the city of San Antonio are truly one. I, I, remember, I remember seasons where the Spurs lost in the playoffs. And I remember going out with my friends to the airport to welcome them home. Oh, I like that a lot. And I also remember doing that when the Spurs won. Huh. So you have a fandom that's committed. You have a Spurs Twitter that's committed. You have the enjoyment of free food every time the Spurs win in the playoffs. And and you get to see an amazing, a fun ba- brand of basketball. It's not fun in the classic sense. But, I mean, you're not going to see a bunch of high-flying unless it's necessary. You're not going to see... Uh, you know what you're gonna see is you're gonna see crisp passing. You're gonna see flawless basketball. You're gonna see basketball played the way it was intended, and that's not a knock on anybody else. But let me tell you, the Spurs been playing that type of basketball for decades, and look at them winning now, and look at them winning in the past. It works for this team. Come join us, Alex. Come join us, and I tell you, you will enjoy becoming a Spurs fan. Okay, so the other thing that's important to me is um, is politics. Um, you know, and, okay. and continue with the Warriors comparison, like, you know, like uh, Albert Samaha, who is my Warriors guy. He he made a you know he was saying that like wearing a Warriors jersey is political. Like Steve Kerr, super super um, outspoken about the stuff that he believes in. Obviously, Steph Curry and a, a bunch of the other players, or you know, David West. Uh, and and like I got excited about like wearing like a Warriors jersey. Um, the the uh, the Warriors are are political, um, but you know I, the Spurs are are pretty political too, right? So what you're gonna get with with as far as po- as far as politics goes is all you have to do is go back to woke pop, pop. Think look, look, go go Greg, check Greg, out his Greg media Popovich, day coach, right? this year. Greg Popovich the coach. Yeah, Greg Popovich the coach. Pop has has been coming out particularly in the last year and a half, he is not a fan of, of President Trump. Let's just get that out there. Um, and that being said, the owner of the Spurs, the, the, primary, the primary owner of the Spurs, Peter Holt, and his family have actually donated to the president. Hmm. And yet, there's no problem with Pop speaking his mind. Huh. Nobody's come to him and said to tone it down. That, Nobody's told him is, he can't say this. That is absolutely mind blowing to me. That's like I can't like that doesn't even make any sense to me. Like with with, you know, the, the owner of my team uh, being a little bit more on the ball, not on the ball, but a little bit more, you know, a little bit harsher, we'll say uh, with, with his employees. No. And, and that's just not the way the holds are. You know, the 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 ownership groups have pretty much told pop you know like this like the fans do and pop we trust let pop run the franchise the way he wants to run it and if you go back and you read i i wish i could remember the exact author but it was an espn story from i believe earlier this year about pop in the conversations that he has with players it's rarely about basketball once the game's done 
He is talking about politics, art, culture. He's actually learning about these players and their backgrounds and trying to invest in them as well as wanting them to invest in him. And that's how this team goes. Mm-hmm. The, the lore goes, the, the year or the, the night the Spurs were lost to the Heat in Game 7 in 2014, I remember exactly where I was and I remember being completely heartbroken because the Spurs should have had it in Game 6. Pop took the team out and they barely talked about basketball. Hmm. And they're talking about life. And that's, that's kind of the catalyst for how they came out next year. And we get that amazing final uh, revenge and, and win the title in 2015. So, yeah, you get a lot of woke pop. And I'll tell you this, no, no slam on Steve Kerr and no slam on the Warriors. But Steve Kerr also learned a little bit of that from pop. Mm. Steve Kerr has always been, always been a, a vocal and he has his, his uh, backstory oh, of, yeah, of losing right. his father and that attack. But right. Steve Kerr, and when you want to talk about either wokeness or you want to talk about basketball, a lot of that comes from Pop and the Spurs organization. Hmm. Um, okay, so here's my question. Um, Steve Kerr is a lot younger than uh, Greg Popovich, right? Greg Popovich is, you know, on the older side. Um, you know, like, is it how much longer can the Spurs possibly keep this going? So I'll tell you, the the joke that Pop used to say all the time was as soon as Tim Duncan walked out the door, he was right right after him. And we saw that didn't happen. But I will tell you this. You want to see some some interesting uh, political-slash-basketball dynamics? You've got Becky Hammond as one of his assistant coaches oh, being yeah, groomed right. for head coaching. And the oh, players respect really? Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond, Becky former Hammond. former WNBA player and I believe the only uh, woman coach in the NBA. Currently, yes, yes. Not the, fir- not the first assistant coach, um, but definitely... Uh, the only one right now, and and Becky is respected. Becky led the summer league teams hmm. and took the took them to a championship, I believe, it was two years ago. So Becky Hammond knows what she's doing. Becky Hammond knows basketball. Nobody can nobody can sit and say Becky Hammond does not know basketball. But not just Becky Hammond. If it's Becky or not, because I believe briefly Becky may have even been on head coaching uh, uh, recruitment recruitment earlier this year. Hmm. Um, but Atori Messina, you've got Ime Udoka. The, the Spurs have a great set of assistant coaches. And again, I, I keep coming back to the thing that we say as Spurs fans and Pop, we trust. We trust that he knows what he's doing because every time we haven't thought he knows what he's doing or every time we disagree with him, generally we're proven wrong. So at this point, I've just said, you know what? I'm going to trust what Greg Popovich does. Sure, I'm going to complain about some moves here or there or a play call here or there. But ultimately, that man has won many, many championships. And I've just been a fan of watching all those championships. Oh, man. All right. That was a great argument. Um, All right. So we're going to go to a break. Um, When we get back, final pitch. This is Barry from the northern suburbs of Chicago. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. The best way to support the show is to follow Alex on Twitter. That's at Alex Kappelman, the symbol, the at symbol, you know. All right, back to the show. All right, Joe, here we go. Final pitch. I got to tell you, like, you're doing a really good job. Uh, you're getting me excited to be a Spurs fan. Um, like, I, like, I, I want to, like, 
I think the last thing I might need is like, di- I want you to differentiate the Warriors from the Spurs. I want you to say like, I need you to tell me like why I should go old school with Pop rather than new school with Steve Kerr. You know, why should I wear silver and black rather than blue and gold? So here, here's what it is. Everybody to this day, and frankly, including myself, expects the Warriors to make a complete run again. There is almost no doubt that the Warriors are going to are, are going to compete for the NBA championship. No doubt whatsoever. They would have to have massive injuries to not compete. They could probably even lose one of their stars and still compete. The Spurs? The Spurs are going to be a challenge. You're not going to know the moment you become a Spurs fan. You're not going to know in November and December that the Spurs are going to compete for the NBA Finals. You're going to know that with the Warriors. So yeah, while that's great, don't you want a little bit of drama in your fandom? A little bit of drama that's not the Knicks, but you get a little bit of drama and just saying, you know what? This is going to be a competitive conference. The Rockets are going to be great. The Warriors are going to be great. You get teams on the come up. You get teams falling down. But you know what? The Spurs are going to be there. And the Spurs are going to make this interesting. You get a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Tony Parker last season. And that's a competitive series. I'm not saying the Spurs would have won it, but that's a competitive series. One other thing that is going to differentiate me from your Warriors pitch is I'm going to commit to you right now. I will send you your very first Spurs cap as soon as I get off this this phone with you. And I've already looked it up. Wednesday, January 17th in Brooklyn, the Spurs play the Nets. (laughs) You decide to join Spurs fandom. I will make sure that I am there with you. We're getting two tickets and we're going to go watch our team play basketball. Oh man! Okay, so so always a classic move to try to bribe me. Um, it's always encouraged. Um, Joe, I'm not above bribery in this case. I'm not above bribery at all. We want you, Alex. Spurs fandom, Spurs nation, want you. We're going to get you to San Antonio. You're going to wear some silver and black. We're going to take you all around. Get you the best Mexican food. Get you in front of the "I love the Spurs so much" graffiti. Trust me, you're going to come to San Antonio. You're going to enjoy being a Spurs fan. And then when you go back to New York, you're going to enjoy telling all your friends and you're going to be proud to say, I'm a Spurs fan. I love wearing silver and black. Oh, that's a great pitch. All right. Joe Ruiz is weekend editor at NPR, soon to be senior weekend editor at CNN Politics. Uh, Joe, uh, that's a good pitch. That was a great pitch. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. Uh, I'll be releasing five new episodes of the show every weekday until Tuesday, October 17th, when I release the final episode with my decision. Till then, I'm at Alex Kappelman on Twitter. 